This episode of The Labor of Love is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. podcast about relationships, families, and making peace with the people we live with. I'm Lori Leibovich, editor of RealSimple.com. One in 10 Americans use online dating platforms to find love, sex, and companionship. And for most young people, it's the only way of dating they've ever known. In fact, since 2013, the use of dating sites and apps has nearly tripled among millennials, according to the Pew Research Center. But after all that scrolling and swiping, all those pixels and emojis, it's easy to get burnt out from staring at a screen instead of into someone's eyes. To encourage people to experience dating without apps, the women's website Bustle recently launched a challenge called Dating Appless April, which encourages participants to delete their dating apps for one month. Here today to discuss the experiment, which is at its halfway point, are Catherine Catalia, Bustle's lifestyle editor and co-host of their sex and relationships podcast called I Want It That Way, and Michelle Toglia, Bustle's sex and relationship editor, both of whom are participating in the challenge. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Michelle. Thanks so much for being here. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. So I'll direct this first question to Michelle. Can you just talk a little bit about why Bustle decided to do a Dating Appless April challenge? Well, it came up in conversation with one of my friends, actually, who was just sort of frustrated with her dating apps, feeling kind of burnt out. And she said she was going to delete them for a month. And I said, you know what? I think I'll do it with you. Let's do this together. Let's make it a fun thing. We'll, you know, just meet people in real life and we'll make a month of it. And it was January at that point. And so we were going to do it in February. And I was like, you know what? Apples February doesn't sound right. Let's (laughs) save this for April. And so for a few months, we were getting ready for it, you know, excited and like building it up. And I mentioned it to someone in the office and she was like, you know, that's a really good idea. I think people in the office would be down for that, too. And so we started talking to more um, people in the office about it and you know, there was definitely a lot of interest and sort of, interestingly enough, it was all for different reasons. You know, we all had different experiences on dating apps, but I think, you know, there was, there was definitely sort of an excitement to try this out and see if we could do it and see what we learned about it. And yeah, it sort of took off from there. Catherine, what were your reasons for going appless this April? Well, so Michelle was just chatting about it one day very casually before we even realized that this was a challenge that we wanted to do. And she was like, yeah, I think I'm going to get rid of my dating apps. And I thought it was the best idea I had ever heard. And so what I was noticing was that I was using them sort of to kill time. Like when I was like waiting for a friend to meet me at a restaurant or like, you know, before I'd go to bed, I would just spend 20 minutes just like randomly swiping through like all these people who I had no intentions of seeing. And I kind of realized that I was viewing dating apps is much more of a game than a serious way to meet people. And it was kind of a waste of my time. So I decided to just get rid of them and see if that can kind of help me refresh the way that I view using them in the first place. So for those listeners who are not using dating apps, Michelle, it would be super helpful if you could. I think a lot of us have heard about the most popular ones, but I think you know, so you've been on dating apps for three years. Give us a little tour of the landscape. What are the apps that you started with? Where are you now? What are 
they known for? Doesn't have to be an encyclopedia, but just Mm -hmm. for the listeners who are not on them. I started off with Tinder. I think it was maybe the only one out around then. And Tinder, I never found it to be a hookup app. I know people think of it that way, and it sort of has that reputation. But I mean, Tinder and I think all apps, you can really, you can find what you're looking for there. You just have to, you have to be upfront. You have to be selective. Sometimes it requires you to, you know, write in your bio, you know, what you're looking for if you feel like people have the wrong idea. And then, yeah, um, I'd say I moved on to Hinge next. Hinge is a dating app for, it pulls in your Facebook friends, friends. And then there's also third degree connections. So the idea there is that you're meeting people that you sort of already should know. And unlike Tinder, you get a set amount of matches. So you get about 10 to 15 matches a day, whereas Tinder, there are just endless options. You could be on it for hours and hours and still get potential matches. Then I started using Bumble. Bumble is where women control the connection in the heterosexual relationships, if you're if you're a woman seeking a woman, either person can um, can message each other. But if you're a woman seeking a man, you have to message your match within 24 hours, or else your connection expires. So that was actually started by a co-founder of Tinder, a woman who um, wanted to sort of change the landscape there and give women more of an opportunity to be the ones deciding and saying no. Yeah, exactly. And then I started using Happen. Happen to me sort of feels like Tinder just in the sense that there are endless options. But Happen is sort of like a feed. So as you walk by people, they'll start to show up on your feed. So the idea is that it's almost like a misconnections type of app, which I know sounds creepy to some people, but in all honesty, I don't think I've ever recognized anyone that I've walked by and then, you know, seen them on the app. I think it's more just people that are sort of in your environment, like people that are walking outside the building um, and stuff like that. And the idea there is that it's sort of more of a organic way um, to meet people because these are people that you either live by or you work by. So I yeah. imagine given the fact that this the landscape was so different when you started yeah. and that there was just kind of one game in town, which was Tinder. I imagine you're spending more time than you previously were on these apps because you have so many different ways of meeting people. What has that done? And I'll just ask Catherine this first. What has this done to your real life relationships? Does it make it more difficult in real life to actually go out and meet someone and have a face-to-face connection when you're so used to meeting them virtually? Yeah, it's been really interesting, actually. And I, it's only like since I've gotten rid of my apps that I've sort of come to this realization. But I was realizing that I was going on a lot of first dates with people who I would meet online or on dating apps or that kind of thing. But there was never really that much incentive to follow up and go on a second date or go on a third date or even to text them back because I had this overwhelming pool of at, like, I don't want to call them applicants because that makes it sound like even more <laughs> people it applying makes it sound to... worse than it even is. But uh, right. Yeah. So I, I just there was no incentive for me to like actually follow up with people. I wasn't really making any sort of meaningful connection. I wasn't really giving anybody a second chance. I would go out on dates and I would have a, like a good time or like, a, you know, a great time. But I still would be like, well, let's just see what else is out there. So the idea that you had like limitless choices right. really hindered the ability to feel that you had to take a next step. Right. And I mean, 
Even when it went well? Even when it went well. I mean, one of the great things about dating apps is that you have so many people to choose from and you can kind of really be selective about what it is you're looking for and what kind of traits you are interested in finding and that kind of thing. But it's also like that paradox of choice comes back to bite you a little bit because then you're just kind of always, well, I personally was always thinking about well, who else can I meet? And it was it was much more of like a numbers game than anything else for me at that point. So I'm in the middle of trying to start to build my own website. I've never done this before. I've always had other people working on sites for me. And I've enlisted Squarespace to help me out. I'm just at the beginning, but so far, so good. I have been able to understand every direction, and I'm actually creating something that I'm sort of proud of. I'm going to talk to you more about it in the coming weeks once I've gotten it all together. What I'm really excited about is that my site looks professionally designed, and like I said, I'm not the most technical person, and I've been able to figure it out so far. If you want to get a free domain with Squarespace for up to a year, sign up at squarespace.com, and again, enter the offer code real simple at checkout to get 10% off. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. So one really interesting data point that we that you talk about in this series of articles that you've been writing on Bustle is this Pew Research Survey, which you cite in many places. But one of my favorite statistics was that one third of people who use online dating apps have never actually gone on a date. I think that speaks to the gamification of it that you, as you that you were talking about before, Catherine. Has that been your experience? Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've found dating apps above all to be definitely a viable way to um, to meet someone to go on a date. However, I feel like you know, since the I guess in the last three years, I feel like the. When I first joined on Tinder, it was, you know, if you matched with someone and started talking, you were going to meet them. Like there was just no question. It was just it was just sort of like a done deal. But now I feel like it's so rare that that actually happens that like like I feel like you're matching less, you're talking less and you're actually going out less like it. I think, you know, to what Catherine was saying, like it's kind of this instant gratification. You know, people, I think, use them for ego boosts too. People use them for all sorts of reasons. And I think it's less about, a little bit less about meeting up now. And so it's sort of, and I've talked about this with my friends all the time, people are unsure why others are on these apps. There's really like no, uh, there's no one reason to be on an app. It's not, you know, I want to meet someone, I'm going to go on an app for everyone. You know, people, there. there's studies about how, you know, people in relationships are on them. So it's, you're, you're just never sure who's on the other end and what they're really looking for unless, unless you ask. So, okay, so let's go back a month. This was before you both deleted your apps. As Catherine said, she was spending a lot of time, like that empty space time, just swiping and searching and and looking. So tell me a little bit, Catherine, about what your days look like now <laughs> that you have cut this this out. And what what are you what are you filling your time up with? Oh, I'm so bored. Uh, no, actually, that was like one of the first things that I immediately noticed. It wasn't that I was having like dating app withdrawal or anything like that, but I honestly did not know what to do with my time. I would be like, do I text my friends? Like, should I call my mom right now? Like, what do I do? I, it's, it was very strange to me, but I was joking around with Michelle right before we started the challenge in March. Uh, I was like, I should probably just like frantically swipe right on everybody and sort of like come up with a pool of people who I can reach out to later, which is not a good tactic. I 
I, I don't recommend that to anybody. <laughs> uh, but sort of around that time, too, I had also started going out with this person. I mean, going out is probably not the correct way of saying it. We had been on like one date, two dates, who I had met on a dating app. And so um, the last couple of weeks since we started this, I found myself going back to him a lot and being like, well, what are you doing this week? Uh, what are you doing on Saturday? And it's been interesting because he's one of those people like he's I think he's a great person, but I don't know if I would have necessarily been as enthusiastic about going out a third or a fourth time before. And now it's it's almost like the pressure is on to find somebody to help you fill that time. <laughs> what about you, Michelle? Um, you know, I've been trying to sort of just change up my routine. I I think I've been like sort of making an effort to do more things during the week. I think I just got into such a routine of just going home and, you know, watching TV, hanging out with my roommates um, and, you know, being on my phone. I think I've felt almost that my apps were taking the place of, you know, going out and being social just because it's so easy. You can just be on your couch and like in a onesie, right. <laughs> you know, talking to, <laughs> to the hottest guy you've ever seen. So I've been making more of an effort to just, you know, do things during the week. Week. And, you know, I have found myself texting my friends more, which I wasn't really expecting. But I think every time I'm sort of bored and I would normally just reach for my phone and go on an app, you know, I'll just text a friend to check in. That was one of my questions was, are you finding there's a relationship between more meaningful kind of conversations or even just contact with friends, family than you were having before because you have more time? Yeah, absolutely. I think with friends, family, definitely. And then even, you know, I'd say one of the first few people that I started talking to in real life, um, as they say, you know, when I first started the challenge, I feel like our conversation was a lot like deeper and a lot more engaging than you normally have at the bar because I feel like I... I was less I was definitely less distracted and I think I felt also just in deleting them I think I felt kind of liberated too and I think I I almost got more excited about dating so I think with that in the back of my mind sort of just gave me more confidence to you know just chat up a stranger. And so have you dated Catherine in real life? Have you had any dates that you've facilitated maybe in a different way? And No, I haven't. But honestly, I'm not really sure like Michelle said earlier, I think a lot of people are doing this challenge for a bunch of different reasons. Some people do want to meet someone in real life. I think that's an amazing goal to have for yourself. It wasn't really necessarily a goal that I had set out. I was just kind of more curious to see what I would do with, with my time that I now had opened up. That being said, I mean, I I wouldn't consider myself a shy person. It's like not unusual for me to, to talk to strangers. I just dating apps became kind of like a little bit of a crutch because there were just more strangers who I could talk to. So I don't, I mean, I haven't ruled out the possibility yet, but it's just not been a focus quite yet. And Michelle, you just mentioned one encounter, but have you had any others? A few others just meeting people, but no, no dates have really come from it. I, I have had a date recently, but it was actually left over from a dating oh. app. <laughs> it was right before, you know, like Catherine was saying, right before we deleted our apps. Um, you know, I just sent out my number to the people I was talking to because I was like, you know, whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. One of the complaints that women have sort of traditionally made about dating apps is that they feel really harassed, that there's all of these new ways for men to kind of be rude, to be, you know, disrespectful. I wondered if you're hearing from any of your users or anybody in the office who chose to go appless just to take a break from that. We have someone in the office who's participating in the challenge, but she's also been off her apps for about four months. And 
she I think that was a big thing for her was that she was getting just these awful messages from people. And it's sort of when you start to get such um, unsavory messages when, you know, you're putting yourself out there. It can really it can really affect your mood. It can really affect the way you see dating. It can really affect the way that you see, you know, potential romantic partners. So I think I think that's certainly a valid reason to do the challenge. And what are you hearing from uh, your audience about people who who sort of have taken on the challenge? What are some of the things that they've written in or talked to you about? learning about themselves or like are they enjoying this or is it torturous I've heard I've only heard good things I've heard um one person um I know that's doing it says she feels happier I know one person that says she feels more positive about being single you know I've definitely heard that you know it's hard in in, in terms of you know what you do when you're waiting for the train <laughs> but in terms of of actual dating I don't I don't know that I don't know that anyone's experiencing too much of a challenge with it. I think it's more just about adjusting habits. The p- most practical thing for someone to do, obviously, is if they're going to get rid of their apps is to physically remove them from their phone. But what are some other what are some other suggestions that do you, either of you have for people who are trying to maybe not even get off them entirely, but wean them. I think that one of the things the challenge is doing is raising awareness a little bit about the fact that we have become so obsessive, just like we are with technology in general, but because these apps are on our phone and with us all the time, we're constantly looking at them. What are some other ways you would encourage people to take a step back? Well, for me, I am... I. I was sort of looking at it, too, as a way to be less distracted by my phone. So I would encourage, you know, turning off notifications for um, your other apps. Um, I even do that with my text message, text messages. And I think that's been a way to just be like, you know what, when my phone's not going off, I don't have to pay attention to it. Uh, When I when I feel like I'm ready to look at my phone, I can look at my phone. And that was sort of I I think I was feeling really overwhelmed with um, dating apps and I think that's a way to just to be um, more present. And I think that's something I know that a lot of dating experts said about about the challenge was that it was a good time to refocus and be more present in your everyday interactions. I would also encourage, you know, trying new things. A lot of uh, dating experts also said it was a good time to date yourself. So, you know, new hobbies, trying out new classes, and also one one expert recommended being doing a social activity at least three times during the week, um, which That's a lot. Yeah, which it is a lot. I know. I know. It's, it makes me tired to think about. <laughs> me too. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know if you are still on dating apps, I think it's more just about about finding the balance. Catherine, halfway through, how are you? What rec- what recommendations could you offer to someone who is going to attempt this or wanted to do it a little bit? I think that people should absolutely attempt it. Uh, I think Michelle had some really amazing points. I used to, well, I still do the thing where, you know, you're like, you want to pretend like you're really busy. So you just kind of whip out your phone and whether or not you're on email or Snapchat or dating apps or whatever, like that's just kind of a go-to move for a lot of people. Well, think about how many people we would meet if we all weren't looking down all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we might like really. Exactly. <laughs> we might, like... exactly. I think even just like thinking about what's on your phone, what's going on on your phone, even if you're not looking at it, can really distract you too. Because there's just so much. There's email, there's texts, you know, dating app notifications. Like I think having, not having those notifications for our dating apps, it just like eliminates a little bit more. (laughs) Do you expect 
in two weeks when the challenge is over to get back on immediately? Or are you going to try to wait this out a little bit more? What I'll ask you that first, Catherine. I think I'll probably get back on. I don't know. I feel like I live my whole life on the internet. It only makes sense that I fall in love on the internet, too. We'll see what (laughs) happens. Um, I definitely don't want to rule it out as an opportunity. I mean, I think that, you know, you can meet people anywhere. Uh, It doesn't really matter whether or not that's on an app or like anywhere else. You can still kind of form that connection. So I don't want to rule it out. I know a lot of the dating experts that we talked to, that was one of their their big points was that like this is a, a pool of romantic resources. Is it's it's here to help you, and I think the problem is that people just tend to become over reliant on it as as a way of facilitating a connection when there are so many other ways to do it. But I mean, if dating is a priority of yours, you're gonna make a way to you're gonna find a way to make it happen. So. I mean, even if you don't have your dating apps right there in front of you or you've decided to give them up for a week or two weeks or an entire month, um, if dating is something that you're really serious about and you really do want to meet someone, you're going to find another way possibly to make that happen for you. I wonder, too, though, if you, you know, in this this idea of being more present in this month that you're taking the break, if it's also uh, allows you some time to actually think about who you want to be with, that there's something about the pool, like we were talking about before, this limitless pool of choices. Maybe it allows people a little bit more time to think about, do I really want to be with a person like X or do I, what is it that I'm really looking for? Because I think we don't, I think that happens with the internet in general, is it doesn't give us a lot of time to think and consider, you know, our true desires. Yeah. I'm just giving you a little help. No, just a little for tip. sure. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny because I can go on a dating app and be like, I am looking for a long-term relationship with someone who loves Game of Thrones and spicy food and is nice to their mom. Uh, and I might think that I found that perfect person on Tinder or OkCupid or whatever. And then I'll go to meet them in real life and there's actually no physical chemistry there whatsoever. And that's the one thing that dating apps can take into account. So yeah, I mean, they're not the end all be all by any means. What about you, Michelle? What what's going to happen on May first for you? Um, I I think if I do, if I do go back on dating apps, I think it would just be one or two as opposed to like the four or five that I was on. <laughs> um, and I think I probably wouldn't do apps that have endless options. I think that was starting to get a little overwhelming for me um, and a little bit addictive. What do you mean by that? Like, um, just explain by, a little bit. Sure. So by endless options, I'm apps like where you have unlimited choices, just an endless pool of potential partners. But, you know, there are certain apps where you get a set amount a day, like it could be one a day or 10 a day. And do you find that those where you get a limited number a day, do those matches seem to be better or is it? Um, I don't know that they're necessarily better, but I think in terms of the way that you use those apps, it's different because you're spending less time on them. I feel like when I'm in a pool with these, you know, a billion other people that you feel, yeah, you feel kind of exposed and a little, a little objectified. But when, you know, when you get like one match a day, someone can actually just focus on your profile and, you know, actually, um, actually read it or, you know, try to get to know you. I want to thank our guests, Catherine Catalia and Michelle Toglia, both of Bustle. They are doing a month-long challenge where they are going without dating apps. Thanks for being here, Catherine. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Labor of Love. 
write to me. Tell me what you think about the show. Let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to cover in a future episode by emailing me at tlolpodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to thank our producer, Zach Dinerstein, and our editor, Tim Einenkel. If you enjoyed the episode, please review and subscribe on iTunes, where you'll also find more podcasts from Real Simple. You can subscribe to The Labor of Love at iTunes.com slash Panoply or at Panoply.fm. I'm Lori Leibovich, and I'll see you next time on The Labor of Love.